0: Good evening. It's Friday on Three Valleys Radio, and that must mean The Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got, well, we've got the odd trainer... And I think we might have a jockey for you as well. And of course we've got Colin Brown. So get your pens and papers ready. Hopefully we've got a few tips for you. And with the Derby just around the corner, we'll be having a chat about that as well. Well good evening, welcome to the show, it's Aidy Hopper here and uh, we will, as we always do, because we don't like to change too much, we'll start with the racing news from the racing media with Mike Padden.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's this week's first story. There will be no first derby triumph for the Queen next month, but the sport's most famous owner is mopping up other races and will have a genuine shot at Group 1 glory on Royal Ascot's opening day following King's Lynn's success in the Kasoo Temple Stakes. Reach for the Moon, who racing fans had hoped might carry the Queen's silks at Epsom, will instead be aimed at the Royal Meeting during which King's Lynn last year ran into trouble when seventh in the King's Stand Stakes and third in the Wokingham. This year, the King's Stand was nominated as the ideal option by David Prober, whose 209-1 to 1 Haydock treble was sealed in the most special fashion, as he gave the five-year-old's owner-breeder her third victory of the week. Bookmakers now make Kings Lynn no bigger than 14-1 to 1 to triumph on the Ascot Tuesday, when his opponents are set to include America's Golden Powell and Australian champion Nature Strip, plus the Temple's head second Twilight Calls and last year's Nunthorpe stakes heroine Winter Power, who could only manage eighth on her seasonal reappearance. He has deserved to win a race of this calibre, said Probert of the Andrew balding Trained Sprinter. All roads lead to Ascot now, and I'm delighted he has got his head in front in Platinum Jubilee year. He has actually run very well in a king stand already, so he has shown he can compete at that level. He's now another year wiser, he's stronger, and having this under his belt will stand him in good stead going to Ascot. I can see him being very competitive. Henry Candy was saying the same about Twilight Calls, whose rider Adam Kirby found Kingsling striking for home first at a crucial stage. He wasn't totally lucky in running, but take nothing away from the winner, said Candy. Adam said the faster they go, the better, so it shouldn't be a problem if Leslie Ward appears at Ascot. They'll go a million miles an hour in the Kingstand and hopefully it will be firm ground as well. Winter Power, a massive market drifter here, is out to 20-1 to for that contest but trainer Tim Easterby noted that she, quote, slipped a little coming out of the stalls and added, she's fine, I think she just got a bit tired She'll go to Ascot and we'll try to run her somewhere first Easterby certainly did not sound disheartened while a broad smile was worn by Jake Warren standing in for his father, Royal Racing Advisor John Warren He's been a very consistent horse, said Warren, adding, it's an amazing result for her majesty. And next, here on the racing news. Anyone who has had anything to do with horses knows how fleeting life can be and would be familiar with the ultra-thin line between triumph and disaster. John Fairley is experienced enough in the game to know when to celebrate the ups. The former Channel 4 racing maestro has had to endure plenty of heartbreak along the way to Highfield Princess's career best effort to win the 1895 Duke of York Stakes and in powering to a near three length win at York, the five year old was providing her owner breeder with ample and deserved compensation. Having risen through handicaps as a three year old, Culminating in Royal Ascot victory at the Buckingham Palace Stakes, Highfield Princess then immediately gained a first black-type success in the Queen Charlotte Philly Stake at Chelmsford the following month. Group placings in the Oak Tree Stakes and City of York came next, and Highfield Princess has continued a high standard of form to the extent the John Quinn-trained mayor is again on the Royal Meeting Trail. Highfield Princess has also been paying glowing tribute to her damn pure illusion, a Danehill mare who was picked up in utero to the daughter of Knight of Thunder by Fairley's Trainers House Enterprises from Godolphin at the Tattersall's December mare sale in 2016. The story behind Highfield Princess began in France, with the winning mare Torialta and her date with Le Havre, though the end result of that was great sadness. Fairley says... I'd had a few horses in France and the best one was called Torialta and she went to Le Havre when she was quite a bit cheaper. I bought her home from France and she was doing well and was about four or five months pregnant when one day she was limping in from the field and came in and just collapsed and died with the foal overnight. It was really part consolation to myself that I went to the sales in Newmarket and Pure Illusion was one of the very last lots and was in foal to Night of Thunder. I'd hardly bought her when Card Sharp started winning all over the place for Mark Johnston. It's the up and down fortune of owning and breeding horses that was the background to Highfield Princess. Card Sharp, Pure Illusion's colt by Lonro, Proved one of the best juveniles around the year after Farley had acquired his dam, winning the Woodcock and Group 2 July stakes and finishing third in the Norfolk, Richmond, Jimcrack, and Middle Park stakes. With a two-year-old colt by National Stud resident Acclaim in training with Quinn, called Highfield Viking, there could be more chapters to come in this story. Although, tragically, Pure Illusion died before being covered for a second time by Acclaim, sire of this season's 1,000 guineas heroine cachet. Morton-based Farley, who is Quinn's landlord, says... We decided to go to Acclaim with Pure Illusion, and we've got the two-year-old, and he lives just a couple of boxes down from his sister. But then, with all the ups and downs, Pure Illusion was at the National Stud to be covered by Acclaim a second time, and she just keeled over and died. I've been terribly lucky on the track, and we like the two-year-old, John Quinn says he's a nice horse, so it's the ups and downs of this wonderful business, isn't it? There should be more big prizes to be won with Highfield Princess, who posted a career-high racing post rating of 117 with her Navesmeyer romp at the Dante meeting. She is set to be tested only for the second time in Group 1 company at Royal Ascot, in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes, while she is also entered in the Darley July Cup and could be on her travels. Fairly says she didn't run as a two-year-old and it was only well into her three-year-old season that she really started running and winning. She's five now and we still think she's progressing, so at the moment we're going to race her for the rest of this year. As she's French bred, she'll probably race a few times in France and our intention at the moment, if all went well, would be to keep her and breed from her next year. She's getting stronger and stronger and has a wonderful mind. She just pulls out more and more. So the conclusion is, we'd want to keep and breed from her, but with a bit of luck, she'll race quite a bit. She's entered in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes, and then we will probably try to go to the Prix Maurice de geest As for future mating plans, Fairley, who was chairman of High Flyer, which produced Channel 4 Racing for many years, until replaced by IMG, is not nailing his red and yellow colours to any particular mast. He's keen to explore all options for his beloved mare, while rightly feeling she is deserving of a top stallion. He says, It's probably too early to say, but I love the idea of a full share in a really good stallion, something like Frankel, so that might be a route we would go down. Next up, here on the Racing News. Trainer Henry Spiller spoke out on Saturday about the prevalence of abuse endured by those in racing and expressed concerns about a lack of support for those subjected to it. The Newmarket-based trainer's wife, Neve, tweeted a disturbing email sent to Spiller following the second-place finish of his runner, Machea, at Bath on Friday, in which the sender threatened to kill the trainer, his family and the jockey, Ray Dawson. The email, one of many abusive messages Spiller received after the favourite was defeated, also warns the sender would burn your stables down and your home. Spiller has received similar emails, calls and social media messages throughout his career, but his wife shared the screenshot online after finding the message particularly upsetting. It doesn't bother me, but that email really scared my wife, Spiller said. They threatened to kill my family. I'm just used to it now and would have left it be, but it should be put out there For sure those messages were jarring to start with But if you let stuff like that bother you, then you're not going anywhere, as it happens all the time I've never really showed my wife the kind of stuff that gets sent But she picked up that email last night and it really upset her Spiller, who has trained at Sackville House Stables at the base of Warren Hill since 2018, had a season-best tally last year of 18 winners, but has found the increased success has been accompanied by even more online abuse. He said, The last couple of years we've had a lot better horses, which means we've had a lot more favourites, and when one gets beaten, that's what you get. You have to have a social media presence as a trainer nowadays. That's just the way it is. The messages come through calls, emails, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I just don't engage with it. That's about the worst thing you can do. Never argue with an idiot. Spiller has felt a lack of support with the, within the industry for those facing abuse, claiming the problem is widespread and comes with the territory of working in sport. I had a couple of mates around last night who were trainers and they get it all the time too, Spiller said. I've travelled with our jockey Ray Dawson to Bath and we were just laughing about it on the way home. There were about 30 to 40 messages across all the platforms accusing me of all sorts of things. I don't think the people realise the pressure we're constantly under and with little support, it can be a pretty lonely place out there and for the younger generation coming through, it's awful. It's so difficult to police... It's just an avatar who is tweeting something, there's no name or face, they're just cowards. I've got enough to worry about without them too, but I suppose it's no different to any other sports people. You miss a penalty, you drop a rugby ball, you miss a wicket, and you get the same abuse. That's the world we live in. A spokesperson for the BHA said the governing body condemns all abuse directed towards racing's participants and expressed support for Spiller after the appalling communication the trainer received. Receiving such abuse can be a distressing experience and the BHA has advice available for those unfortunately affected by such behaviour, the spokesperson added. The BHA can be contacted via intel at britishracing.com or via the Sports Anonymous online reporting service called RaceWise. If a case has been reported to police, we will want to work with them to support any action they decide to take. And more information can be found on the BHA's website. This has been the racing news, with all the news that is news from the racing media, including racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next time.
0: Now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. Well, starting at Haydock, there are seven races on the flat with a 110 start. There are seven races on the flat at Beverley with a 130 start. Seven races on the flat at Catterick with a 151 start. Seven races on the flat at Chester with a minute past two. It's a strange time. Anyway, that's it. A minute past two. Cartmel, seven races over the jumps, 2.09 start. Chelmsford, seven races on the flat on the All Weather at 2.25. Salisbury, seven races on the flat at 5.35. And finally, seven races over the jumps at Fosslass with a 5.50 start. And Sunday... There are seven races over the jumps at Fontwell with a 129 start, seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 146 start, and seven races over the jumps at Kelso with a 2.12 start. Well, this week I had the pleasure of having a long chat with Richard Hoyles, the ITV Racing race caller, and here's a little snippet of what we talked about.
2: Yeah, so three years I was in Hong Kong, and I always say that the best decision I ever made was to go out there, and the second best yeah. I never made to come back when I did yeah. and that was always going to be the case it was my it was the university degree I never had racing in Hong Kong the southern hemisphere not northern hemisphere was on track training they were largely you know South African and Australian riders. and it taught me a whole different type of thing but you know I wasn't intending to give up commentating um, and, and presenting I was primarily a presenter in Hong Kong and I'd said to the um, to race tech who ran the roster that you know I was going to get experience and I would hopefully come back a better caller and they would benefit from it. And hence, that was the reason why they should support me going and continue to allow me to come back on as many days as I'd left. The big difference was those days were immediately better quality because, you know, rather than coming from that betting shop background, which courses had slightly sneered at for a few, then um, all of a sudden I had Royal Hong Kong Jockey Club, minus the Royal after I'd been there two days. But, um, you know, on my CV and that made me a lot more... And you would know, you met people who come out to Hong Kong, and that's when domestically things really began to pick up from my perspective. And I began to get you know significantly better quality days. Um, and yeah, that's that's I suppose when my career took off. And I'd, I'd made the right call. I I had summed it up right when I thought about I'd be the first person to have worked overseas, and that would be a good thing to have. That certainly turned out to be the case. That was a good a good feather in my cap, really. Um, you were known as the person who worked in Hong Kong yeah. rather than the
0: accountant. Um, so, so back in, in, in Blighty now then, um you know, you you you, you was that when the racing channel and, and at the races they, they sort of started to, to to appear on the scene, had they?
2: Yeah, so I'd so, I'd done, so i had done as I said, presented the very, very first afternoon's action on the original racing channel mm. when it was run by SIS. They'd then been, been obviously various permutations and then the launch of At The Races which eventually was to go the original At The Races we're talking here not the one that currently exists and morphed into Sky Sports Racing but the, the original product that had virtually everything signed with a big um, a big fanfare and again I was lucky I was one of ten sort of core presenters for that um, and um, we started broadcasting out of Hayes again it was a pretty good lineup. but she was there Lee McKenzie went on to do um, Formula One uh, you know, Mike lots of experienced people. Um, and, yeah, that was yet another sort of new start, published as The Brave New World, with the was on there. You know, um, Nick Luck cut his teeth there. That's where he started out. I remember they asked to stay behind and watch this guy do his first American shift because <laughs> they thought he might be quite good. So I stayed behind and I watched about 10 minutes of it. And I remember telling to uh, the producer of the day and, and he said, well, you're off. I said, well, yeah, I'm off. He's so good, he'll be, he'll be taking everyone's job in 10 years' time. That was about right. I think it was probably about five years. And that was, it, was a, it was a grounding for, for lots of uh, you know people coming through. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's really... It was race course commentaries mixed with some presenting, which primarily was for at the races. And then the spin-off when at the races went belly up and it fractured into two, racing TV and the old at the races, now Sky Sports Racing. Um, and we've been very lucky. Commentaries have never been divisive i can work for a sky sports racing track one day i can work for a racing tv track the following day only commentaries have been able to span that there's no demarcation but presenting wise that's different because you're the face of the channel and i chose racing uk or racing uk as it was then because primarily most of my tracks that i call that were in that group but it did mean i had to say to george Irvin, the man who gave me my very first job that i was going to go to what he would have viewed as the other side and that was george was quite um yeah, very fair, but um, quite a hard man, and um, I don't think he was overly pleased. But thankfully, he at least respected the fact that I didn't play one off against the other and explained my decision. And even though he would never have agreed with it, it's good that we've been able, down the years, to at least main, you know, maintain contact. And I think he grudgingly would understand why I made that decision. But um, it was quite hard at the time.
0: So uh, at what point did uh, ITV Ration come in, then?
2: Well, ITV, so I gradually began to pick up more work on Channel 4.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: initially as a presenting and, you know, doing things like The Morning and second-sight commentator, um, when Graham Goode began to reduce his number of days. Um, and I was also working, you know, Simon Holt and I had done, what, 15 Royal Ascots together when the BBC had it. We'd done it for On Course. Um, and, you know, Simon's been the biggest individual influence probably on, you know, on on my career i worked with him right from, from the word go and um so i was tending to be his number two for channel four for quite a lot of the last years of their broadcast and then when i am due to go high flyer um i was officially his you know number two yeah um and then when itv got the contract off channel four that's when the role i currently have was sort of up for grabs and I was quite fortunate because John Hunt would have been their initial choice, but John and I have been friends ever since the very early days when, of course, we started together. <clears throat> and I knew that he would probably want to stay with the BBC because he values, and he is an excellent commentator on more sports than racing, particularly um, swimming, particularly going to the Olympics um, for, you know, the Winter Olympics for Bob Clay and luge and all that sort of thing. And, you know, so he was an accomplished broadcaster across the, the sphere, and even though, I think he might have liked him to have gone to there. I knew he was unlikely to. And Simon was really unlucky because he basically just lost out because he'd almost been so good for Channel Four for so long. And unfortunately, when TV rights changes change hands, one of the things they want to change is the on-course or the on-screen um, presences, if you like. And so, you know, I was very, very keen that, that Simon could come over with me and we could sort of share it, etc. But obviously from ITV's perspective they wanted something different and I was suitably different because I was been number two and Simon definitely lost out in that regard which is a great shame because we were you know, we were competing mm. competing against the person you most admire, who's been a great friend who is 100% you know, solid in terms of you know, straightforward.
0: Well that was an extract from a conversation I had with Richard Hoyles from ITV uh, Racing You can hear the whole thing on our podcast section on www.threevalleysradio.com. Now, we're going to catch up with our friendly jockey, none other than Nick Schofield. Well, good afternoon, Nick. Thanks for joining us on the show. What have you got lined up for the weekend? Good
3: afternoon, everyone. Um, Not much, really. i will probably enjoy a nice chilled weekend. Um, I'm not riding for 10 days, so um, yeah, a bit of time off and um yeah enjoys a bit of
0: a relaxation i guess so obviously having a rest mid-season i suppose to a certain degree is, is the best time to do it really because it's not that busy is it
3: no it's not um uh, no so I just yeah just got two weeks off i think probably. yeah yeah i come back on sort of the fifth
0: sixth There's um going from there. there seems to be a lot of relatively small fields as well at the moment
3: uh yeah no it's still competitive enough racing um i was in france on saturday out on sunday for the french gold cup yeah that was very very competitive but yeah probably just around the local tracks it's um just could, you know it's still competitive to get winners but probably not um you know it's not the ground that we all love really a bit of rain but Yeah. um, yeah no it's still hard to get
0: winners though did you have a ride in the french gold cup
3: yeah yeah i didn't do i didn't do any good but um uh you know it was good to be part of it
0: well i suppose it's nice to get to france for a while anyway nice little break
3: yeah yeah so that was all right it was very hard um willie mullins run five in the race and i uh, rode an english horse but yeah we, we couldn't match the french unfortunately
0: did willie mullins win it
3: no he struggled with all his runners um the french tore us apart really um yeah. They're a lot better
0: than what we are. Oh, <laughs> we are they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, you don't notice, well, at least I don't, anyway, you notice so much jump racing in France. as flat, really. It seems to be always flat whenever I switch on Sky Sports News or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no,
3: it's an incredible prize, man. I think the winner of my race got um best part of €800,000. And Phew. I think even if you finish seventh, you've got €40,000. So um, cool. the money is over there is incredible. and But the French... Um, Sort of laugh at the english and irish because we race for so little money and that's why they never come over really and yeah but i'm glad they
0: don't because they're a lot <laughs> better than us yeah well it sounds like it then eight hundred thousand that's yeah. uh, that's not bad is it but, yeah. uh, so anyway you, when are you back then uh, nick
3: um i think around the sixth of june probably for a bit yeah yeah but it won't get properly going to august i'd imagine no
0: Okay, well, look, you know, enjoy a bit of uh, relaxation. You deserve it. You're doing an awful lot of hard work, I know. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, in the next couple of weeks, I swear. Super. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. See you soon, mate. Bye, everyone. Cheers for now. Bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield having a quiet weekend this weekend after a trip to France and uh, due to be back in about a week's time. So uh, we'll look forward to speaking to him then. Now it's time to catch up with our friendly trainers, and starting off with Rod Millman. Rod, um, good weekend coming up. By the look of it, you've got quite a few runners. Can you could tell us about uh, you know what you think of them?
4: Well, horses have hit form this week. We've had three winners in the last uh, ten days. Yeah, which is nice. Um, Cuban Mistress. She won a very competitive race at um, Sandown last week, which was great at, t- at twenty to one. Believe it or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah
4: anyway this weekend we've got um tomorrow starts off on thursday uh we've got amazon dream in at haydock he's a horse that had an in- injury at the end of last season he's just on the comeback trail right and he's had two guns to put him right and he should be thereabouts tomorrow
0: okay what As about saturday you've got a fair fair few on saturday yeah
4: yes we've got um we've got the residency goes to salisbury in the Stayers race
0: yeah
4: he ran a nice first run in his first handicap, he was fourth at Bath last week, and he should come on for the race a little bit mentally, so he should have a good chance. Good. And then we've got two in the first race, the sprint race there, uh, Devon Envoy and Miss Annika. Yeah. Uh, both horses were second last time out, and hopefully one of them will get his head in front this time. Sounds but, good. Um, one of the best chances we got is Air Show on Friday at Chepstow. Yeah. He's um, He's been an exceptionally good horse this season. He's the last twelve months, he's had twenty races. He's won five of them, and um he's he, he's had twenty runs. He's only been at the prize money once in twenty races this year. Well, that's a good record, isn't it? That's a great record.
0: But a testament to your ability as a trainer as well.
4: You we got have you got to have the right horse to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about Hurricane Hurricane Helen? Was it yesterday? That was. Yes, the, he won
4: yesterday. Yeah, that was good. Yeah she all became a lot of trouble in running and just got up on the line so that was good she's been a very unlucky loser she's been beaten
0: so now that uh you know the the, the luck has changed now or not just the luck but the obviously the, the training uh, has had an effect on the horses you must be looking for some more winners now then
4: well hopefully we should we should have a good time the horses all have just started to run well yeah it's amazing once they start running well they they usually goes through the yard you know
0: yeah yeah what, what do you feel about the going these days i mean we've still not had an awful lot of uh rain it doesn't seem that sort of soft to the to me these days what well, do you it feel was,
4: it was quite it was quite soft at uh, bath yesterday was it yeah and um, nowadays, nowadays with the horses being watered when you do get rain it, the going changes quite quickly
0: yeah yeah Good. Okay then, Rod. Well, uh, thank you very much for that. We'll catch up with you next week, if that's all right. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for now, Rod. Bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Millman down in Columpton. Now we're going to pop up to Lambourne and catch up with uh, our regular visitors of the show, Jamie Snow Good evening, Jamie. It's nice to be to jo- join us again, as usual. Um, uh, had a winner last week, yeah?
5: Yeah, so um two two runners last week, one second, one one winner. Um so yeah, as as we said last week, not not many runners at the moment, obviously, uh, through the summer we haven't got uh, um a, as big a team really through the summer. Um so a couple of runners, um one second, one winner. So um thankfully they continue to run well despite not running many.
0: But you know, despite the fact you haven't got many, you, you're getting the results, which is the important aspect of it, really, isn't it? It
5: certainly is. It's always nice to get a few on the board early. So, uh, yeah, very, very happy. Three, three on the board in, in, in May. Couple, I think we'll probably have a couple of runners over the weekend, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's been a good
0: one. Good, good. Well, you keep it up anyway. And um, what about the weekend? Have you got much out of the weekend?
5: We've got a couple of answers, um, Aidy. We've got... Um, Sunday soon entered up at Cartmel, College Aches in at down at Foss Lass. Um, I've got College Aches in at, at in at in New on Sunday as well. So um, and then up like Monday. So um, yeah, we, we should hopefully have a couple of runners over the weekend.
0: You certainly like spreading them out, though, don't you? Cartmel and Foss Lass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> West, West
5: West Wales and, and, and the Lake
0: Yeah. You obviously like driving on the motorway, don't you? <laughs> well, I try and take the right
5: race for the right horse. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, obviously, we were taking them last, last weekend and, and them before. Now, I, I, I,
0: I always try and
5: take the right race for the horse. Um, and, and, and we'll
0: go anywhere for the right race. Well, look, at the end of the day, you're a trainer, and that's what you're meant to be doing. So it's, 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 it's nothing un, uncommon. It's just me, me picking you up on it, really. So uh, don't get stressed. <laughs> oh, I that well. no, but uh, no, but it's good to see you know getting the results and, and you know I I think it's it's to do with Three Valleys Radio. I think we just sort of give you that little bit of inspiration and you pass it on to the horses and the horses get on with it. You know, so long may well, it yeah, continue. And, yeah, I, I couldn't have
5: said it best myself. It's all down
0: to you. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> I, I'll tell you tell you a story. Uh, you know, I used to work for the overtown Football Club. Well, I, I went there in two thousand and one. And in 2002, we won our very first major trophy, which was the FA Trophy at Villa Park. And then the next season, we got promoted into the Football League. And from there on, we went right up to the championship. Um, and then just after we got relegated from the championship, I left and the whole club went to pop. So there you go. Well, I, I, you, you are the lucky, the lucky cat, the lucky mascot. Uh, well, Gary Johnson always says that anyway, so I hope it's right. So I hope I can pass it on to you now instead.
5: Uh, well, we'll keep trying.
0: How's the cricket practice coming?
5: Yeah, the boys are playing well. Um, unfortunately, I've not I've not had much practice in. Although I see, I see, I'm just looking through the diary. I think I've got something booked in nineteenth of June. I think I've got something booked in. So. Uh, so I better, better have a look at a
0: cricket board before then. Well, yeah, exactly. And we're we're on the third of July, so don't you forget that, mine. I should be relying That's on the, you, even if I've got to bribe it's you. It's in there. It's only market
5: raising on, so um, yeah. Hopefully, hope
0: you'll be there. Well, as I say, I picked the, I picked the date specifically because I could see there wasn't much on. Um, we, we've got a few. I mean, it's it's always it's always difficult because you never know, you know. I understand that obviously the the um, importance of racing has to take preference on a thing like this, but at the same time, I'm rather disappointed that some of the jockeys have been a little bit reticent, because after all, the injured jockeys fund is is uh, their their charity, so to speak, and it does a hell of a job for them. Okay, I was
5: doing that. You're
0: right. But um, but we've got another month yet, so I'm, I'm you know we're just press it on. We're just press it on.
5: Definitely.
0: Well, look, you have a good weekend, <laughs> sir. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Um, the same to you, and, and we'll touch you next week. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Thanks, Jamie. Take care, lady. All the best.
0: And you. Cheers for now. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. OK, well, now it's time to catch up with uh, our flat racing expert, Richard Phillips, of course, and uh, he's on his way to Sandown tonight, but uh, he's got his usual report for us. Oh, well, good afternoon, Richard. Welcome to the show again. Thank you very much for joining us with your expertise on the flat racing scene. What have you got for us this week, then?
6: Well, no, great to speak once again. It's been an interesting week, uh, with Nature Trail winning the Irish 2,000 guineas, as expected, and Homer Songs have done it well winning the Irish 1,000 guineas, very impressively, and she looks as though she's going to Ascot now. And in second place was Tuesday, who is second favourite for the Oaks. Uh, Emily Upjohn is still favourite for the Oaks. She went round the Epsom course this week, uh, with Frankie Dintori on, just to have a little... Uh, look at the pace for the big day which comes up next Friday week um, for the uh, Epsom and of course also there's a a press board this week with Sir Michael Stout uh, with of course his favourite of Derby Desert Crown and Stout is renowned for being uh, not only a brilliant trainer but not one for over-egging it but he seems to be quite confident that Desert Crown can win the Epsom Derby so it's all coming up for next week but this week um, has been interesting as well Royal Ascot two-year-olds always fascinate me, and there's two, Blackbeard, who ain't no Bryans, was very impressive the other day, looks as like though going to the commentary, uh, and also a horse called Bradsell of Archie Watson's, very impressive winner of his uh, first race on a racetrack at um, York at the weekend, so Bradsell and Blackbeard look like two Royal well, Ascot two-year-olds, but uh, I'm actually off to Sandown tonight with some owners. And it's an interesting card there. We've got um, the Vigilier Gerrard Stakes and the Henry II Stakes. Vigilier Gerard's a mile-and-a-quarter race, a group race, and there's three very interesting horses in it. John Goston's Mastardus. He runs in that race. Um, he's won nearly all of his races. I think he's won six out of seven. Uh, Bay Bridge, another one of Sir Michael's stouts. who looks like an improver, starting off in handicaps. But, of course, Sir Michael's the master against young horses to improve from season to season and Hadeb, uh, William Haggis, his horses are on fire. Haggis is winning everything and uh, they're great form and he's a bit, bit of a veteran as a day. He's won a lot of money throughout the world but uh, it's going to be fascinating, Brigadier Gerard Stakes. And of course it's the Henry II Stakes which is a two mile race. True Shan does not run. He's favourite for the Aston Gold Cup. Alan King, stare of course, is the best stayer in the land. But he's got to have soft ground. There's not soft ground at Sandown tonight so it's uh, basically two horses taking themselves on again. Enemy and Quickthorn. Enemy of Ian Williams's, who won a big handicap at Musselburgh early in the season. He's come from France. He's trained in France Italy. Enemy looks an improver. And Quickthorn of Huey Morrison, who's a homebred of the Blyes, who lives there where I am in Morton Marsh in Gloucestershire. And uh, Quickthorn actually beat Enemy last time out at Ascot. It's going to be a close race between the two of them. So all going on, but big racing tonight at Sandown. And uh, of course, looking forward to the classics next week.
0: What did you think of Stradivarius's run?
6: <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic, really. Um, he's, he's some horse. Um, mm. He keeps on going on. You know, by See the Stars, he's a great sire. Um, he's the sire of Up um, Upjohn as well. So he's a great sire, See the Stars, and Stradivarius is a perfect example of such a tough horse that keeps on winning. He's now eight. He's won so many group races. And uh, Frankie Dettori loves him, and well done to the Gosdens who kept him fresh and and enthusiastic season after season. And of course, it'd be great to see him um, go win again.
1: But uh, he is
0: getting on a bit. Now, I, I presume we'll do a, a full uh, sort of rundown of the Derby next week. But um, uh, what about uh, Stonehenge? Or I forgot—is it Stonehenge? What is called that? Stone,
6: Stone Stone Age, which is second favourite. Yeah. Um, a few, a few of Australia's had bigger prices on Stone Age. It looks like the Aiden O'Brien first spring, although 8th O'Brien's renowned for having a few outsiders in the derby that get in the frame. But Stone Age looks like a horse that will ride more, will ride. It looks like a horse that's really improving, will get every yard of the mile and a half at Ascot. And uh, uh, F- sorry, and Stone Age looks going to be a tough nut to crack uh, for the favourite desert crown. And Stone Age a lot more experienced. He ran something like, five times a two-year-old, Including Group One for the two on in France, he's travelled around a place, got experience, and that may well, may well work in his favour when it comes to Derby Day uh, Saturday week. But yeah, all to build up for the for the
0: big classics. Okay, then Richard, thank you very much for that. I hope Stone Age does because I put my money on it, so I want it to win. But uh, I must yeah, admit, yeah, they, that's nervous. Uh, well, that's good. But uh, the, the, the stout horse, one has to say, looked impressive, didn't he?
6: He, he really did and uh, as I said earlier Sir Michael is giving us all the right uh, indication that he thinks that he was quite pleased with the way the was won at York because he missed a bit of work um, earlier in the season and he didn't think he was going to get there in time to put up a performance like that so he thinks there's plenty of improvement in him and if there is, you know, I wouldn't want to be the opposition, desert Crown, trained by the master, a man who's trained so many derby winners, knows exactly what it is Takes to win an Epsom Derby. and
0: you know, We get the feeling from what Sir Michael's saying that uh, he thinks the horse has got a real chance. Good. Well, uh, let's, not <laughs> hope, let's hope it's not too much of a real chance. But um, you, have yep. a good, uh, you have a good evening at Sandown tonight. And um, I look forward to speaking to you next week, Richard. Thank you very much for that.
6: Yeah. I I look forward to speaking to you about the Classics next week. Okay. Cheers,
0: Thank you, Richard. Cheers for now. Bye bye. Well, now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you today?
7: Yeah, uh, very well, Adrian. A uh, bit of a, a downer on the weather this week, but yeah. I suppose it's a bit helpful for the summer jumpers, but not been too good on trying to get the form right. I had one running down at Newton Abbott on Wednesday. He got pulled out because the ground was too soft, and we was meant to have one running at Chepstone on Friday, and he's been pulled out because the ground's too firm.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> you can't win, can you? <laughs> You can't win. No, you
7: can't win either way round. But no. there you go. So, so uh, we're going to have a look ahead at Haydock for Saturday. And we're going to through the card there. Okay. And uh, we're going to start off with the one ten race. And in the one ten race, we fancy the chances of Blueberry Hill. Frankie takes the ride for the Gosden team of John and Faley. Uh Obviously, the trainers now can have two names on their licenses. So. Mr. Gosden and his son take the the reins at the Gosden Stables. So where we had Frankie and John Gosden last year, we got Frankie in the Gosdens this year. Oh, good. So anyway, Blueberry Hill—he was friendless in the betting market last time out when he when he ran fourth to Atrium. Now, what I looked at was his previous run to that, where he was well supported in the betting market at Epsom and. Uh, He won that day, and the horse that finished second to him has come out of Bath and won by five and three-quarter lengths. Now, back on his seasonal debut as well at Doncaster, he was third to a horse called Down Dawn of Liberation. And since then, Dawn of Liberation has come out and won a class two race at Goodwood off a handicap mark of 92. Now, she beat Blueberry Hill four lengths. So, basically, Blueberry Hill should have a rating of around about 88, 87. And in this race, he's running off of a handicap mark of 84. So, well within the range of Blueberry Hill to win this. And he's priced up at around about 9 to 2 at the present market value. And we suggest having a, an each-way bet on there if you can get a quarter of the odds or wait, you get a bit of 5 to 1 if it's a fifth of the odds with the bookmakers. So, uh, that's the first race there at Haydock for
0: you. Okay, fine.
7: <laughs> Moving down the card to one that we backed quite a few times last year, Dragon Symbol. David Egan takes a ride for Roger Varian. He won his first four starts last year, and we backed him in. Uh, oh, what was it? The Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot, and he won the race. He beat uh, Wesley Ward-trained Campanelli and got thrown out of uh, winning mark in the stewards' room after the race. Now, since then he's contested five other races, which he uh, sorry he's contested five class one group ones and two class one group twos, and he then left Archie Watson's stable and he's gone over to Roger Varian now he had a very poor show in the first time up this season, but that's not undue with a lot of horses they they normally take a run to get back into the strides of things, but he's dropping down from class one group one class one group twos down to his class one group three. And I think he's got an absolute phenomenal chance. And he's priced up at around about 9 to 4 with most firms at the moment. So we're going to have a nice win bet on him there. So that's Dragon Symbol in the 145.
0: Okay, for win.
7: <laughs> Moving down to the 220 race. Uh, another one of these lovely named ones. Mara, Marajan, I think he's called. Uh, Jim Crowley takes a ride for William Haggis. Now, William Haggis' stables on absolute fire at present. The last 14 days he's had 16 winners from 42 runners. So it works at around about a 38 39% strike weight, I think. So this feather's second run, he beat Forza Orta, who's actually the race favourite here. Now he beat it a length and a quarter quite cosily, and that was off a level weight. He's now got to give that horse £6. But the way the stable's running and uh, the way I think this fella improved, he had two races since and uh, he improved considerably when he won both of them. And then last time out, he got beat by Surrey Gold. Now, Surrey Gold's come out in a handicap at Goodwood and absolutely run a blinder. So uh, I would imagine that it'd be a good good chance of reversing the form on them weight terms. So... uh, we're going with him, and he's priced up around about nine to two, and they're paying four places with Paddy Power at the moment. So it's an each way bet if you can get the five to one, or if you can get a bookmaker playing a quarter of the odds get on him at nine to two or four to one. But that's the two twenty race. There, Marbrage Mar-, 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 Mar. or whatever he's called.
0: Yeah, they're great. Some of these names, aren't they? They really are. I don't know how the race callers oh. get on with them. I'm sure.
7: Surely you must have to have an English name at racing. On a, on a track in England, but there you go. That's... No,
0: you, you're <laughs> you wrong there, mate, You don't the
7: have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them. Anyway, down to the 255 race here, and we like, we're like chance to have a big price one here, Viola. Daniel Muscat takes the ride for James Franshaw. Now, last time out, she ran in the Winter Oaks at Lingfield, and she got no run at all in a 14-run race around that little dog track there. And it is a very tight track and the fourteen runners to be in a race at Lingfield, it, it's quite hefty and not a lot of room for any of them there. So we think she she got really no run at all and she it's just one that you put the line put the pencil through it and rub that line of form off. But previous to that she raced against Cela who's the favourite for this race. Now Cela was getting all bar a pound off of her, off of the stone. So she was getting 13 pounds. And Viola was only three quarters of a length behind her. Now, the tables have turned in the weights. And Celia Rossa runs in this race off a level weight with Viola. So where the 13-pound difference was when they raced against each other last time, that's non-existent this time, and there was only three-quarters of a length between them. Now, Viola's a 20-to-1 shot, and Celia Ross is sitting there at a 9-to-4 favourites of the race. Now, I can't work that out in my head, logically, so we think Viola's going to have a nice each-way chance in this race if she confirms that line of form with her, so we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, the 2.55, Viola priced up at around right about 20-to-1, and we're going to have a nice each-way bet on her. Rightio. Moving down to the big race on the card, the uh, 3.30, and we like the chances here of King Ross. he's uh, going to be ridden by James Doyle, trained by Ralph Beckett. Won this race last year and was ridden by Frankie Dettori, and uh, he followed that up with one in Lennox Stakes, uh, Goodwood, and then he had three creditable runs after that, and the horse is one that likes to go well fresh. Now, he certainly doesn't mind a bit of rain, which he may well get, and I've got no idea what the weather's going to do today or tomorrow, but he could well get a bit of rain on, on the ground and he wouldn't worry about it. But if it stays good, he doesn't mind that either. So uh, he's priced up at around about 3-1 to with bet 3.65 at present, and we're going to have a win bet on him there. So that's in the uh, 3.30 race there, King Ross. Moving on down to the 4.05. The one we like the chances of here is Al Rehab, or Al Rehab. I I don't <laughs> think you'll find that in the English dictionary either. Now, <laughs> this fella's going to be ridden by Bernard de la Sayette and it's trained by Kevin Philipparte de Foy. So, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Philippate de Foy is having a very good season with his runners at the moment. His first-season trainer, I believe, or he started up halfway through last year, and he's having a lot of success with his horses. Now, last time out, this Alrehb didn't seem to stay the seven furlongs. But when you consider that the horse that won the race was Fortino, ridden by Bernard de la Sayette and trained by Kevin Philippard de Foy, you might get the gist of why our rehab didn't stay the seven furlongs. <laughs> so, this time out, you've got Bernard de la Sayette on this horse with Kevin Philippard de Foy training it, and I think it may well just run a little bit better than it did last time out. So, uh... He's dropping back from seven furlongs to six furlongs as well, which may have been the reason he's, he's dropped back is because he didn't stay with seven furlongs last time out. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But he's priced up at around about 12 to 1 at the moment, and I've got a funny feeling that price might get a bit of a hammer in before we off. So we'll have to wait and see
8: on that one.
0: Um, before you move on, uh, number four, Abel Kane, Rod Millman. Now, yeah. as, as you know, Rod comes on the show every week. Uh, and he was telling me that uh, the horses are running extremely well. They've suddenly really hit form in the last two weeks. And I noticed yeah. he's got Richard Kingscoat on board. Now, generally, when Rod Milman puts on a, shall we say, a, a Class 1 jockey, for the want of a better way to describe him, um, it's yeah. a sign. Now, I'm not saying it's going to win because I don't know any more than you do. But I'm just pointing that out to the listeners in that uh, Rod's very bullish about them at the moment. So. Uh, to take yeah, in.
7: he used to put Ocean up, didn't he, on mm. the one that he fancied, but obviously yeah. Ocean's having a bit of a holiday at the moment. Right. And uh, obviously it's uh, a different kettle of fish to who we can get hold of and put up on top. But yeah yeah, Richard Kingsco is a very nice guy. He obviously was involved with Tom Daskin when they were together up at uh, Chester. Uh, running out for Michael Owen and his partner up there. And uh, the interesting fact about Richard coat is he goes to the racetracks on his motorbike. Oh, yes. so, yeah, I've seen <laughs> He that. doesn't get traffic issues. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's uh, quite entertaining. He's definitely a speed merchant, be it on four legs or on two wheels. So yeah. uh, he definitely enjoys
0: that. So, and, of course, uh, another yeah. point to point out too is that it's very, not very often that Rod will go as far as Haydock on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just signs, and I'm, I'm just pointing them out, that's all. So uh, Yeah,
7: it could be another one to back up with our rehab in there, and mm. uh, might be worth to have a 50p or 25p each way forecast on the two of them and see if you can win a million. Yeah,
0: you so, never uh, know, do you?
7: You never know. Rightio. No, never know. Anyway, down to the last race on the card, and talking about the Dascombe stable, we actually like the chances here of Roman Dragon, it's going to be ridden by Ben Curtis and it's trained by Hugo Palmer but as we were saying just now uh, Tom Dascombe and Michael Owen have split their partnership up and Hugo <clears throat> Palmer's actually now moved into Manor House Stables where Tom Dascombe was actually training up there for Michael Owen and his partners involved with racing there and Tom Dascombe has actually moved down I think he's yeah. over uh, Lamball now in a set of stables so uh, good luck to Tom Dascombe over there and Hugo Palmer up at the Manor House stables up at Chester but we've got a funny feeling and uh, we tipped one up from the Hugo Palmer stable last week who bolted up Brad Debrief and uh, we've got a funny feeling that there's a couple that are a little bit hidden there. Now Roman Dragon, he ran six and a quarter lengths behind Chipotle in a listed race red car last time out. Now Chipotle Chipotle, he won the Windsor Castle at Royal Ascot last year. So that shows the strength of form. And this isn't a very strong race for form either. So we know this fella can run. He's chased home Royal Ascot winners. And uh, obviously, we don't know how he's going to perform under the trainership of Hugo Palmer to what he was capable of under Tom Bascom. That's the thing that uh, we're betting a bit blind on. But when you look at his price, he's 20 to 1 to win this race and we think he's well worth having a small each-way bet on him there. So that's uh, the last race there, Roman Dragon in the 440.
0: OK, thank you, Dave. That's great. That's uh there's a few winners there. Um, yeah,
7: hopefully. And uh, as I say, just got to keep an eye on the weather and the going at the moment. Like Even the trainers getting fooled by it, we are taking horses racing and having to pull them out because the going gets changed halfway through the meeting. And uh, uh, as I said, uh, we had one at Newton-Abbott, he was pulled out at 2.30 and he was running in the 3.30 race so it's uh, mm. a little bit of a shame we all went down there for the day to see him run and didn't get to see him run and then at the same time we was going to go to Chepstow on Friday to see one run he got pulled out of the declaration stage because again the going changed <clears> from when he was declared for the race to when he had to be in the final declar- declarations so uh, it's just weather-based at the moment and just keeping your eye on what's going on. We've yeah. given the opinion of what the going is at the moment and it's said to be good at Haydock. Now, if it changes to good to firm or if it goes soft, you've got to take into consideration some of them aren't going to run yeah. up to their uh,
0: things. Yeah, so expectations, it's yeah.
7: And yeah. Yeah, just have to wait and see. So uh, we'll go from there. Okay, Dave, okay, thank okay, you mate,
0: very much well, for that. Well, that was Dave Wilson, the main man from Harlequin Racing, and now, of course, we're off on safari because our man Colin, he's in Finland. Would you believe? And he's taken his little whippet to go for a race over in Finland. I mean, what a way to go! Well, good afternoon, Colin. Um, What's the weather like in Finland? Is it snowing? It's
8: not actually. It's nice and sunny. It's very pleasant, but it's pretty chilly. But it's uh, bit, bit, um, bit, bit, um, you, you know, cloudy if you like. And then the sun comes through. But what's quite amazing here is when you look out into the Gulf of Bahrain, it's called. Um, there are ice, great big ice blocks out in the sea,
1: yeah.
8: and uh, quite amazing, really, ice blocks. What do I call them? I mean, they're just like there's white ice logs all over the sea not oh,
0: <laughs> ice logs they not wouldn't be a lot of good away. in my wood burner then, then would they
8: no the ice logs would be no good at all hmm. icebergs, ice logs <laughs> and they just look like logs out right out the sea. big white sort of logs floating back in because um, you know it, there was a great war of ice uh, obviously in the the you know, a month ago there was snow here. It's yeah. the most beautiful place to go. It's called Kala Joki. Uh-huh. And it's a very, very pretty area. We're at the World yeah. Championships, yeah.
0: Yeah. So there we go. And your and little y- whip is doing really well, isn't he?
8: Not bad at all. No. Doing extremely well. So I'm very hopeful of a good run this afternoon.
0: are, uh, are you a bit of a it. are you a bit of a sort of because you come over with this this uh, champion like uh,
8: it. <laughs> no, no, my my, my wife a celebrity because she trains them.
0: But yeah.
8: No one knows who I am or whether I ever sat on a horse or
0: oh. anything
8: about horses, so I'm just Joe Bloggs out there, which is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So, flat racing <laughs> nonetheless is carried on um, over here in the United Kingdom, and um, we're getting very close to the derby. How, how do you see things at the moment, Colin?
8: Oh yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's been fascinating racing. I mean last weekend, you know, you had the um you had the uh, Guineas in Ireland. Um and oh that horse native title, I mean he is pretty exceptional, isn't he? Not that he's gonna be running in the um running in the uh, derby yeah. of course, but he is quite exceptional. Um just talking about him quickly. Mm. Uh, native trail. He won well. And the other horse that was extremely um, good, I thought, on the day, or, or on the Sunday, should I say, was the was filly the of um, Aidan O'Brien, because she was exceptional. And actually, I just read this week, and I take a fair bit of notice of, um, you know, Tom Seagal and uh, Paul Keeley, uh, what they say. They talk a lot of sense. And they said homeless songs, Dermot Welds that won the Guinea, you know she could be the filly that will go further in time she won five and a half lengths from a decent horse of O'Brien the favorite and she could be anything you know she could be the the best uh homeless songs she's called and uh, you know she is I think quite exceptional and you wonder how the way she won last weekend you wonder how she got beaten in a couple of races over seven furlongs at car but she looks so that's a real three-year-old by Frankel and um, yeah absolutely brilliant I thought she was but yeah no moving towards the derby which of course is next week well it's well uh, I don't know yeah O'Brien will have a load in it um, funnily enough Appleby I don't think has got anything in it that's really, um, you, you know, they, they, he might. Well, I think he might um, put one in this weekend or something. He sent five quid to uh, put in a late entry.
0: That all? I thought it was seven
8: hundred and fifty. No, seventy-five grand. I think it is. Oh, seventy-five
0: but, um, grand. Uh, that's that's a bit different.
8: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's confirmed that nation's prize will be supplemented for the Derby. Right. But But, um, yeah, I mean, he, so obviously would not ended up in the, you know, first place. But the horse that has been impressive this week by all accounts and uh, is the you now Derby favourite, Sir Michael Stout, of course, has won it about four times in the past, Was Desert Crown. And that's the new market favourite for the Derby. But... Um, Seven to four was pretty skinny price to take about an horse in the Derby, But he's had two runs and he is unbeaten. He's very, very good. Um Stone Age, um well, he's a horse uh, from the O'Brien's yard that's obviously very good. He's the second favourite for the Derby, Stone Age. Let me look. And um, you know his form's pretty good, but he's he's had plenty of uh, plenty of goes, he's war. How many times he Run about um, nine times. But he's won his two this year, very impressively. And you know, he took him for the Derby Trial Stakes, so a Group Three, and he went five clear of Glory Day, French Calm, uh, at Leopardstown. And Stone Age, he's run about three to one for the uh, for the Epsom Derby um, ne- next week. And then you've got Aiden O'Brien's got change in the guard. He's run about seven to one. He's a bad deal from the Donnaker O'Brien Yard. He's put Frankie de Tory to ride this one. I mean, the O'Brien team, you know, outfit, they do just really um, you know, boss the derby, if you like. A horse with a big chance, I think, from the Mark Johnson Yard, Royal Patron, who was um, second to Desert Crown, and that was in the Dante. He ran a good race. But, you know, he'd have to have a lot of luck to beat um, Desert Crown. Desert Crown is impressed, and I must say, uh, I think the horse of um, O'Brien, Stone Age, who's beautifully bred. Um, You know, has done nothing wrong. So it's going going to be a very interesting one. Then, you know, we've got the Oaks next week, and um, uh, we've got just so much good racing coming up, haven't we?
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm hoping that Stone Age, when I've got it at 16 to 1, so I'm hoping he runs a great race. Have you? I have, yeah. Well, you know Richard Phillips, uh, who comes on the show, yeah. he, he pointed him out to yeah. me. He's got him at 40 to 1. So. Um, Has he
8: really Stone Age? Yeah, Gosh, yeah. he'll win a back, back at him if, if that happens to go win, won't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that's absolutely... Absolutely great. We'll just have a quick look at the the, the Oaks um, next week as well, because um, what a great race it is. You no, know, has got a great record in the race, and also you know he's won it with horses that have been like fifty to one shots as well. But um, uh, Emily Upjohn's been doing nothing wrong. Thank you, stories. Um, really looking forward to riding that one for the Gosden team. Um, and Gosden team's got a horse called Nashwar in it, who haven't won a maiden race. Very, very easily um, at Hayrock for another stakes race. And then absolutely bolted up at Newbury the other day. But, I mean, does have to improve quite a bit, you would have to say. Um, but, no, uh, O'Brien's got Concert Hall. He's got Tuesday. That probably won't run. Uh, with the Midnight, Charlie Appleby's not without a chance of the curve. Joseph O'Brien's thoughts of June. Aiden you know, O'Brien. They quite like that horse, actually. and It, um, it won well at Chester. Only won a neck. But it'll improve a bit because it's improved already to win there because it's all scored above the curve that um, had beaten Leopardstown before. And it's by Galileo, the late, great Galileo. That'll run a big race, I think, for the O'Brien team. So we have got plenty to look forward to in the next week or so. Um, and then, of course, you've got the... Um, well, in the Coronation Cup at Epsom as well. And that's always a very good race. Charlie uh, Atherby's horse is in great form. That is favourite, about two to one horse called Manibo. But um, I feel sorry for Martin Dwan because he's injured with a knee problem, uh, well, broke his knee about four or six weeks ago. And he ain't going to be there riding his horse, Paul Driver. And Paul Driver, if you remember last year, the LSA uh, from a great ride from, um, from, from Dwyer to, to win the Coronation Cup last year from LSA in Japan, um, out before, back and forth. So it's going to be a fascinating race, um, but, um, you know, who knows who, who wins it. Uh, it's a really, really competitive race. But I think um, you, know, you can tell by the betting that a couple of horses have been absolutely hammered from big prizes.
0: And uh, the bookmakers will want to get red beaten. I would say. Mm. I noticed though that they were saying in the Racing Post today that uh, Frankie Dettori, the, the, the people that are back in this um, Piz whatever it's called, uh, they're getting em- really Emily yeah, up. Yeah. They're getting no, not that one. This other one. Uh, well, I'm just trying to find it. Hang on. I'll tell you now. Oh yeah. Uh, Piz apparently, Badil. Uh, yeah. Piz Badil. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, because Frankie's on it and that, they're all getting very, very upset, uh, you know, excited about it. So. That's not one to you know to be ignored because uh, we all know what Frankie can do, don't we?
8: Well, exactly. He knows the track well. I mean, he's chopped off the lead, one two or three eight on it, which is bad luck for him. But that's what happens, really. Yeah, you know, it's best to have somebody really experienced that an because it's a tough track, you know. Mm. Uh, tough track to ride. In fact, the Canberra of Epsom, if you're looking up the straight if you're a rider looking up as you turn round the corner look up the straight the camber you know is is five is about four meters higher on the right than it is the left and it just cambers down as the track goes on up towards the finish so you know you can get horses that roll off a true line and go left hand and you know it takes a bit mm-hmm. of a well, bit then- of knowing really
0: You've got a week to change your mind, but as things stand at the moment, what would you put your money on for the Derby?
8: For the Derby, I think. Well, I think, I think the favourites very, very short. I'll be honest, you know,
6: mm. um,
8: as it stands, and um, you know, outsiders have won the Derby before. Um, so I'd like to see Frankie win eight to one. I think he's got a good each way chance in the Derby, and uh, you know a horse that's just got an each way chance probably at a biggish price could easily be maybe raw patronage uh,
0: mm-hmm.
8: around about twenty five to one.
0: Okay, well um, you've got a week way in way way way. which to change not your mind. So, um... Exactly. You can you can ponder it all through the week, and then when we come on and do our sort of derby special next week, um, we will nail you to the floor and see what you're going to back them.
8: Exactly. But I would say, please, a bad deal, and, um, Royal Patronage, are two horses that have got each way chances could get, uh, get in the first three.
0: Okay, fine. Well, thank you for that, uh, Colin. Um... Ah, what no, what little gems have you got for us for tomorrow? Then that's the point.
8: Oh well, here we go. Yeah, we have got some, you know, a bit of a lull before the storm, if you like. Meaning, you know, Oaks Derby coronation stakes
3: mm-hmm. um,
8: next week because uh, tomorrow we've got a few race meetings in England: uh, Haydock, Beverly, Catherine, Chester, Cartmel, uh, Salisbury in the evening, Fosse. So there's plenty to choose from, but. Um, I think we'll just have a quick look at um, Haydock Park to start with mm-hmm. uh, before maybe we go on to Chester. But they're fairly near each other. So Haydock Park, uh, good old flat racing in there tomorrow. Um, Frankie is up there riding for the Gosdens, um, and also the informed Tom Marquand up there riding for Haggis and uh, other such trainers and his wife riding for Roger Charlton and Harry Charlton. So pretty competitive racing up there tomorrow. And the first race on the card um, is a handicap. And the horse of Lady Bamford runs here. It ran quite well Um, at Ascot last time out. And uh, I don't think it will be far away. And it's called Blueberry Hill. That's my first selection for you up there at um, Haylock Park. This is for Saturday's racing. Um, very entertaining racing up there, um, where the ground I think is probably going to be riding good, which is you know perfect for all of them really. Yeah. Um, okay. Move, moving moving through the card, we've got a a great handicap the Betfred Double Delight handicap at two twenty, but at two, a fifty five. This is the group state, uh race here. There's a group three for fillies and mares. Um and this looks really, really competitive. Uh the horse that I like in the race is a horse that's um trained by William Haggis and it's called Sea La Rossa. Um, went on the all weather the last day. That was two hundred and twelve days ago. That was at Ling Hacked Up. Um and before that had some decent form at winning on decent ground over a Marlon Fort Doncaster. I think that will win there. So um, that's in the two fifty-five, number nine, C La Rosa at uh, at um, Haydock Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's also was a bit disappointing the other day, but he might have been drawn wrong side. I don't know. Uh, and that's Sunray Major, trained by John Golston. to tour. He rides it. Um, he was six of nine. That's all beyond Baird. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Lockage Stakes. I'm getting them mixed up. He didn't run a bad race. It was quite good money for him um, in places, and then he drifted uh, at the off. But he didn't run a bad race that day, and he's dropping in class today. He'd, he'll he probably win. Number six, number... um number is he I've lost Number eight. Sunray Major. Yeah, number eight. Sunray Major in the uh, up there at Haylock Park. Okay. Uh, right. Where shall we go next, they say? Um it's a pretty competitive old racing. I think we're going to go down to Chester. There'll be a big crowd at Chester and um not so many runners there, but there's a few sort of each way fields if you like. Um you always something you need something that's drawn pretty low there over the short distances. So if you're looking to find some of yourselves to have a little bet on. You know, if they are over, sort of, certainly up to seven seven furlongs to a mile, you need something that's um, quite uh, low drawn, if you like, there. Uh, Right, let's have a look at the race that I'm having a look at now. There was also one last year at Bath called Torvey. I thought he'd go on to be quite nice, but then he was beaten at Goodwood, but it wasn't bad because he was beaten, and um, I think he can train on. He's trained by Kevin Philippa. Defoy, and he's called Torvey and he runs at Chester in the 2.35 that's the horse I like there in the Phillies Handicap um, in the 3.10 in the 3.10 oh, there it is Andrew Boarding's horses in good form but he runs the horse here called Spirit Mixtures trained by Andrew Boarding of course Hutchinson rides and claiming five pounds and bred, of course, by Littleton Stud, and that is Jeff Smith. He's out of that very good mare, Arabian Queen, which David Albert used to train. He's won his last two races. They've brought him along slowly, and I think he'll win, she'll win today. Spirit, mi- or he'll win today. Spirit Mixer in the...
0: 3.10.
8: 3.10, yeah. That's the one I fancy. Mm-hmm. Um now, it's very competitive racing around there as a favourite draw. Um, unless you're going to really drop one in, you do want one drawn pretty low. Um, no, no. I think I think I'm going to move on from Chester if that's okay. We've mm-hmm. had a couple of bets there at Chester, and we will move down to Salisbury, one of my favourite tracks, Salisbury, and. Um, of course, the chairman of Salisbury is Jeff Smith, who owned, owned uh, Arabian Queen in Littleton southern breeds all those lovely horses. But um, the Whitsbury Manor study sh- stand horse called Showcasing sponsors the first race there tomorrow night at Salisbury, and um, there's some pretty nicely bred horses going to run in our first race there, but I don't think anything will beat the Judd Bond horse and that is. Orange a nice winner at Leicester the other day, and I think this will win the first race at Salisbury, I don't think there's anything good enough to beat this at Salisbury, it's trained by Rafe Beckett who was just up the road and, you know, these trainer likes to have winners there at Salisbury um, are you not going tomorrow night?
0: No, I'm, I'm, we're scheduled to go on the 6th of June I think it is, we're going up there, so uh, yeah I right. right, see
8: Second rate's on the card, the 6.10. I think maybe um, Clive Cox could win this with Regal uh, Envoy. It was second to Makarova here at Saucer and on good ground. It's owned by Kennet Valley, Thoroughbreds, It's only had four runs. There's a winner at Bath. Won't mind if it flies up there. It's bred to be very fast, in by our dad out of the mare by Green Desert. And uh, Clive Cox trains it. I think that's what you'll find will win this the uh, second race at
0: Salisbury and before you move on on to the third before you yeah. move on just to just to point out that um, as you know Rod Millman comes on the show and I was talking to Dave, yeah. to Dave uh, Wilson about it um, he's got one here called um, well he's got two actually he's got uh, Devon Envoy which was second last time out with Trevor Whelan on yeah. and then he's also got Miss Anaco with Harry Davis on and he's had two seconds and he is very buoyant about his horses at the moment. He was saying to me that that suddenly, you know, the the pennies drop. They've started winning. He's had two two or three winners last week, I think. He said, so you know, not not to be discounted too too lightly, I would say.
8: No, fair play. Put them in a little uh, tri-cast if you like, or reverse exact uh, combination bet. Mm. Um, you could just put uh, put my selection in there. Regal. Envoy, yeah. and you put Devon Envoy yeah. from the Rodman Yard, and put, put Miss Anaco in there as well. Mm. Always uh, hard when you're running two horses in the same race, because one of the owners is going to be upset against gets beaten by the other one. But yeah. so, I suppose sometimes you know you need to find the races that suitable to run them in, and they're the suitable races for them, there, I suppose you have to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
8: we shall have to see, we shall have to see, uh, right, Roger Barron, he brings one horse down. It's quite nicely played over by Shadwell, but it was last at Salisbury the other day, um, and they thought it was all right. It was called zayn around but it weakened final furlong, and you know, it looks like it'll have to sort of improve a bit to win at Salisbury tonight, I'm afraid, uh, or tomorrow night, should I say. So I don't know about that right run. Um but it's Salisbury, um, I think, uh, in the Yeah, Whitsbury managed that uh, maiden a uh, slightly later race, uh, at 7.45. Uh, lucky boy, lucky, lovely wife. That's a nice name, isn't it? Uh, right, and the 7.45 at Salisbury is a classified race. So basically, all these horses are pretty much weighted uh, all the same. It's one of those races that... Um, one of those races that... Really, uh, you know, when you're struggling a little bit with the horse, they sort of go in. But there's a horse called Hurrah uh, in this classified race. It was a good winner at Lingfield at um, Windsor the other day from Buxton Wheel, and um, you know, I, I think um, I think it's probably not going to be too far away again. It's only a three-year-old trained by Michael Bell. Sean Levy takes the ride. Um, the horse I like at Salisbury is in the last race. And if this wins, the horse I've just mentioned, hurrah wins, then Buckstead Real I think will win the last. Uh, because I think he just needed that run the other day, when second at Windsor to hurrah. Um, so in the 845 at Salisbury is Buckstead Real. So, okay. That's probably my lot, really. As I say, it just you know, there's a couple of good races at Haydock, a um, couple of tricky ones around Chester because it's a hard track to sort of, you know, t- to get, you need a bit of luck there, really. But it's Sorsbury, I think the horses that I've picked up at Sorsbury, quite rightly, you know, you pointed out the Rod Newman horse just hit form. I think is going to be our best meeting for winners, uh, listeners, for Saturday's racing.
0: OK, well, uh, it'll give you a good week now, because it's not the greatest of weeks weekends racing, is it? So it will give you um, a week, an hour, to, uh, to sort of uh, prepare yourself uh, for the Epsom Festival. It,
8: uh, certainly will. I should be ringing up Mary, I think, or we'll sending her a message just to see what she faces for the derby, because I believe she backed the winner in it last year. Oh, so um, there you go. maybe we'll get Mary Mary's tip for Saturday
0: yeah absolutely okay, then Colin well, best of luck. what's the name of the whippet oh, we call him city Sid, right, okay, sid, well, best well, of luck to Sid. Gosh, mate. go and knock him dead, sid, <laughs> and uh, then you get some nice absolutely, and then you you get him are you going to get him a nice bonio or something when he's uh, when he's won the race oh yeah no
8: yeah he's better than Bonio. he's better than Bonio. he's better than me. He's just had a nice toy for finishing second, so I don't know what he'll get if he wins. You never
0: know. Uh, We'll keep you up to date. Bit of fillet steak, maybe. Yeah, bit of fillet steak. I think you quite like that. Yeah. Good old Sid. Good old Sid. Go for it, Sid. Okay, then, Colin. Thanks for that, mate. We'll speak to you next week, Okay.
8: Okay. God bless you. Bye, listeners. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.
0: Well, that was our Colin Brown over in Finland, of all places. Um, Amazing what you can do with telephones these days, isn't it? Anyway, best of luck to Sid in the World Championships over there. It'd be brilliant if he could win it. Uh, He's second at the moment, but uh, apparently they've got a Finnish dog who's the favourite, and of course it is in Finland. I say no more. Anyway, that's it for this week's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you join us next week when we'll have a Derby special. We've got Richard Phillips and, of course, Colin emphasizing all their knowledge on the derby next week so look forward to that in the meantime thanks for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you next week so until then it's 80 hopper saying bye for now